Hi, I'm David Benedetto, and you're listening to the Writers' Forum on WRBH. Today, I've got two guests here with me to talk about two books coming out from River Road Press, a newish publisher here in the city. Uh, first, we have Scott Campbell, who is the publisher for River Road, and Yvonne Perrette, who wrote one of the books entitled Simone of New Orleans. How are you doing today, guys? Doing fine. Very thanks. well, thanks. Oh, glad to have you here. I, uh, Scott came by a few weeks back to um, drop off the book and introduce himself a little bit. I was really glad to get him here in the studio. You know, uh, y'all doing all right this morning? Yeah, doing great. Glad to be here. Doing fine. Enjoying the weather, too. Oh, good. It is, it is finally winter for at least a little while. <laughs> Uh, well, Scott, I want to I want to start with you and hear a little bit about uh, how you started the press and kind of what drove you to that. Okay. Um, well, I uh, I had an events company before Katrina, and then after Katrina, needless to say, I didn't have an events company any longer, and I had an opportunity to start working uh, at Pelican Publishing on the West Bank, and I worked there for uh, for nine or so years, and. Um, it was a great experience. I certainly learned a lot. And then I decided to branch out and start my own publishing company. And um, that was in 2014. And um, it's been going going great ever since. Well, that's good to hear. I'm glad. And you've got uh, this one of uh, Yvonne's books coming out, uh, Simone of New Orleans. Uh, how did this whole thing come about? Well, like most people in a city, I had seen Simone's artwork all over and never really put together that this came from one artist and that there was an artist connected to it. And then Scott suggested that I meet Simone one time, and uh, it, it was just an experience where this guy's story has got to be told. He's uh, He's got an interesting backstory, having been born in France, being a classically trained chef, ending up in the lowlands of Louisiana and becoming this famous artist. And I uh, just thought it was a very intriguing story. Yeah, and for, for people, his his artwork is ubiquitous in this city. It is. Uh, if, you, if somebody had never been to New Orleans before, how would you describe it to them? It, it's bright. It's cheerful. It somehow captures the spirit of the city. And um, what I find so interesting is how people have related to it and embraced his work. And just endeared, he has endeared himself to the city, and they've just loved him right back. He's he's not um, pretentious, and the people just responded to that. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, well, you have a little segment that you uh, that I would like. There we go with the mistake right there. <laughs> All right. And I, I know you have the book with you right here, and I'd love if you could read a little segment. Okay, I'm going to kind of skip around from the first chapter, uh, just to give you a taste of um, of Simone and his artwork in general. The prevalence of his signs and artwork throughout the greater New Orleans area ranks second only to that of the ubiquitous symbol of the city's revival, the fleur-de-lis. Simone Hardeveld is a native Frenchman who has adopted the Crescent City as his own, so much so, so that he has chosen as his moniker, Simone of New Orleans. His art embellishes the city, from huge billboards decorated with his work, to small signboards in neighborhood businesses, to French Quarter Festival posters, from the walls of dozens of New Orleans restaurants, to the newsroom set of a local television station, to the entrance of a hospital surgery center. Even the artist jests about the pervasiveness of his art. I like to call it deja vu art, he explains, because when you see, see it, you know you've seen it before. Despite Simone's close connections to the city, the reach of his devotees extends far beyond the New Orleans area. His work can be found in Napa Valley wineries, casinos in Las Vegas, and in private collections on both coasts. His work and fame have also spread internationally as tourists and collectors visit his studio, select a little piece of Simone's New Orleans, and bring it home with them. 
Yet despite the worldwide reach of his work, Simone remains a quintessentially New Orleans artist. The city is still his inspiration and his adopted home. Everything I love is here, he explains. So everything I paint is a sign of that love. Painting New Orleans is my passion. The fact that his passion has had such widespread appeal for other people still astonishes him. I turn a corner and see one of my signs, and I'm so surprised to see it, he says. How strange and wonderful that what I love to do most turns out to be something that so many other people love. I don't go out to them. They just come along. How amazing. Asked if he ever thought he'd be so well-known and recognized on the streets of New Orleans, Simone scrunches up his face and shakes his head and says, Oh, no, no, no. He then adds, but it is nice, yes? <laughs> Thank you. Um, one of the things I love about the book is it, it's a gorgeous book with, with beautiful photographs of a lot of his artwork and also the process behind it. Um, tell me a little bit about working with Simone to get this book out and also uh, how the photographs came about. Um, working with Simone um, it took a little bit of getting used to, mostly because of this very thick, lilting French accent. Yeah. Um, and our first couple of interviews, I don't think I understood quite everything he told me, but it got better as we went along. He's so approachable. He's so easy to talk to. Um, the, the, the one thing I had to pry from him a little bit was about his earlier life in France. Um, but I thought that was part of an interesting story. So eventually he kind of cracked a little bit, and I... I found out part about his childhood in the mountains of uh, near Chamonix, which is a big ski resort area. Um, the photography actually was done by my son, Paul Perrette, who is a local photographer. Oh, wow. And um, we had a wonderful time, and I, I kind of feel like it was a privilege. We were able to go into some of the houses and areas where his private collections are kept by people who have bought his work. And these are works that were, a lot of them were from his earlier career, his earlier times in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And um, they haven't been seen by many people, so I thought that was a privilege. It was a bit of a, um, a challenge photographing his work just because his Art is so bright and shiny mm -hmm. that it does. It's not very friendly to the camera, <laughs> um, but we did the best we could, and I think the pictures are absolutely gorgeous. I would agree. It's a beautiful book. Um, I, I think that's great that you have your own family involved with this as well. Uh, this is, um, uh, yeah, it was it was a fun project to do. It really was, and we got to work together, and that that is part of the the family connection there. I think so. Is there anything in particular you learned about his process or how he makes the art that you just found really interesting and didn't know about before? What I found out was how long it takes to do a piece, especially you, even his signs, which people might think, oh, you just slapped this paint on. But he, he prepares the work with gesso, two, two uh, layers of gesso, a lot of sanding. And after every layer of paint, he has to let it dry for a couple of days because it's an, an enamel paint, and it has to dry very well. You can't put another layer on. And all of his paintings have so many several bright colors that it, it, he's got to get a work going, do one stage, move to another piece, come back two days later, do another layer, move to another piece. And I was just surprised at how long it took to get something completed. And have you gotten to do any events with Simone, and how's that experience been? Uh, luckily, yes. Simone is often at some of the signings, and um, it's always rewarding to see the people's reactions to him. Uh, he's a little um, unconventional in his appearance, but when people see him, they're starstruck. They come up to him. Sometimes their mouths are agape, like, this is the artist. And he's always so kind and so gentle and so down to earth. And uh, he will begin speaking to them in French, como se va? 
And sometimes they know how to answer, sometimes they don't, but they just enjoy uh, being next to him. And there, there just seems to be an easy relationship. And um, sometimes I feel like, okay, I'm here too. I'm the author. <laughs> but um, Simone is definitely a star, and the people react to him, and it's fun to watch that. That's cool. Interesting. Well, Scott, uh, this is not the only book that River Road has coming out this fall. I was wondering if you could tell us about the, the other title that you have. Sure. It is called Fred the New Orleans Drummer Boy, and it is by Fred LeBlanc, who is the front man singer, drummer for the band Cowboy Mouse. <clears throat> and Fred has been around for, as everyone knows, in New Orleans music scene for over 25 years. And he is um, he's great to work with. He uh, actually, the, uh, the folks over at Blue Cypress Books approached me and said that Fred was interested in doing a book. And I uh, spoke to Elizabeth a couple of times and she put Fred and I in touch and then, um, you know, Fred pitched me with the idea. We met, we talked about it, and um, we started moving forward. And, you know, Fred's great. He's very creative, you know, not only in writing and performing music, but also in writing this children's book. And it's a, it's a lovely children's book. It's a sweet story um, about, you know, children that form a band. One of them's a little drummer boy named Fred. And it's about overcoming stage fright and, and building your confidence you know, as a young person, it, it's a great lesson, I think, for, you know, for everyone. And he's on the cover of Offbeat Magazine as well this month. And he's going to be on the morning show December 23rd with Eric Paulson. So, yeah, he is, um, he's he's doing, you know, people are very excited about the book. They're very interested in every time we do a signing, as, as Yvonne can attest, you know, there's always a crowd of people around Fred. And, and everyone has a Fred story or a Cowboy Mouse story. <laughs> that they want to, you know, share. You know, one guy came up um, this weekend. We were doing some signings, and he, he told Fred, he says, I don't know if you remember me, but in, in 1993 you spit on me when you were on stage. And, <laughs> and Fred's like, oh, uh, okay. The guy's like, I'll never forget it. It was great. And, um, you know, he said, you apologized, but, you know, I guess you didn't realize I was there. And, um, and Fred, you know, Fred told me after he left, he says, you know, everybody has a, a memory or a, or a story. And he says, you know, they want to come up and, you know, some of them buy books, some of them don't, but they just want to make sure that they, you know, share that story with me. And, you know, so it's great. He really enjoys meeting people and, and, you know, interacting with folks. So, so it's great. He's, he's a perfect for that, you know. Good. Um, I want to ask you a question about, you know, being a publisher, Sure. Uh, you, you know, running this press, uh, you get to pick the books that you, you publish, obviously. And I'm wondering what that, that process is like, you know, if people approach you with the manuscript most of the time or if you're seeking people out uh, and how you decide, you know, what, what your, your press wants to kind of represent and, and uh, how you go about that. Sure. Um, I receive a lot of manuscripts, needless to say. Um, most of them are not a good fit for me. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'm always trying to be encouraging and I, and I try to, you know, steer folks in the right direction. The stuff that, um, that I'm looking for is stuff that's, that's regionally based, you know, whether it's in New Orleans or whether it's in Mobile or whether it's in the Rio Grande Valley, you know, it needs to have a regional connection to the, to the local people. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what I'm interested in is, is making a connection with, you know, with local folks and doing a book that's gonna that's gonna make a difference, um, 
you know, to local people and, you know, increase pride and, and, and excitement for, for their area. And um, so, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a tough process. You know, also I'm interested in authors who are very motivated and, and hardworking and want to get out there and believe in their books and want to push them. And that's, you know, Yvonne is certainly at the forefront of, of that movement you know, she has uh, another another book with me, which came out last year, The Little Float That Could. Mm-hmm. And it is, um, you know, a kind of a retelling of The Little Engine That Could, the classic tale. And, um, you know, she goes to schools. She goes to fairs. You know, she's at, you know, the independent booksellers, you know, Octavia, Garden District, Maple Street, Blue Cypress, all those people. And then all the Barnes and Nobles as well. So she um she even goes to the um you know some of the retirement homes and and reads books to uh to the older folks. So she is very committed. I mean, she was a school teacher her whole life, of course, and a principal, but she has just moved on to um to promoting literacy and and the city of New Orleans and and just sharing that with everybody. So it's it's wonderful. Yeah, no, I think it's something. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Well, that's very sweet. You know, that's it good. Is. It is. <laughs> well, no, that, that's great. I, I, I would love to talk about that that previous title, the the little float that could. Um, sure. What what is it like writing a children's book and kind of making those things happen? Uh, I enjoyed it so much because um, I, I just I remember hearing the little engine that could. That was one of my favorite stories when I was growing up. And um, as a teacher, I would talk to kids, and every once in a while, I would realize how many things that I grew up loving. We're kind of falling by the wayside. And I said, I've got to resurrect this story and just give it a little local twist. And that's what I did. So it's a little float and um, one of the wheels breaks and the children have to be determined and keep trying, find a way to get into that Mardi Gras parade that day. And it's just been so well received. The kids love it. I read to a school yesterday and... um, the best part is just looking out at their faces with this rapt attention, especially when the wheel breaks. It's like, oh, this this big disaster for them. <laughs> so they just really get into it, and I really enjoy uh, meeting them one-on-one and, and reading the book to them. That's so much fun to do that reading. It you know, is. Obviously, reading Radio Station, we, we, a lot of our volunteers understand that, that satisfaction that exactly. you get, but you get to do it directly, which is really, really exactly. kind of cool. Um, you also have a, a long history as a, a journalist. Yes. Um, I wa- I have been an educator in New Orleans for 25 years. I've been a high school teacher, both math and English. Uh, most recently, the last 15 years of my career, I spent at Isidore Newman School uptown and spent time as the principal of the upper school. But all during that time, I have wanted to be a writer since I was in fifth grade in Sister Mary Ann's class and I used to write stories instead of listening to the history lessons. And it just it, it just has been a passion my entire life. And the the thing that I like to write about most is my hometown, family life, and humor. Mm-hmm. Those are my three things. So when I would find something, for example, what it was like to shop at Schwegman's Grocery on a Saturday with half of the city, or I should say making groceries on Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, I would write articles for the Times-Picayune. So I was doing a lot of feature articles for the Times-Picayune, for Dixie Roto Magazine, then I moved to Gambit and then went national with um, Christian Science Monitor, a couple of articles in USA Today, and a few others. When I finally retired, that's when I was able to get into the actual book writing. Yeah. Though I still do like the feature article length. I can imagine. I can imagine books open themselves up to a little bit more time, a little bit more they space. Do. You, 
get to say a little bit more. Everything these days has to be so abbreviated and quick. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to be able to do that. No, I think that's great. And uh, you, you said you, you spent a lot of time as a principal at Isidore Newman. Well, actually, I just spent the last year there as a principal. Uh-huh. Um, this was right after Katrina, and everything was um, in upheaval. And uh, they had asked me to please, as a teacher who had been there for a long time, to please take over for this year to kind of settle everybody down and, and see if friendly, familiar face that everybody knew that there was some kind of continuity happening and to be interim principal. And that was my last year. That's a year that I retired. So it worked out perfect. Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Yes. Then. Uh, um, Scott, uh, tell me a little bit about some uh, titles you have coming out in the spring. Well, we don't actually have any uh, any spring titles. We have some stuff coming out next fall. Ah, okay. So I'm really kind of a fall release. Um, it's not a bad thing to be. Um, yeah. Oh, no. With Christmas, you know, um, <laughs> Christmas is it. So um, if you can't sell books at Christmas, you can't sell books. So, yeah, we have uh, we have a number of things coming out, possibly. Uh, well, we have a, a book coming out with uh, John McGill, who was with the Historic New Orleans Collection for 37 years. He just recently retired. And we have a book coming out called The History of Magazine Street. Mm. So we're very, very excited about that book. It's uh, there's never been a book written about Magazine Street, of course, St. Charles Avenue, the French Quarter, you know, even Canal Street, which John McGill wrote Mm -hmm. Christmas in New Orleans. So there's um, I think there's going to be a big, big interest in this book. Uh, There's a lot of people that live in the Magazine Street corridor, you know, especially new folks to uh, to New Orleans. And I think that they're going to have an opportunity to learn a little bit about the history of New Orleans. So it's not going to be um, just strict history as far as, you know, an 1824 kind of thing. Yeah. But it's going to be a lot of nostalgia as well, a lot of things that people are going to remember, you know, from the 50s, 60s, 70s, the 80s, you know, and, you know, just pre-Katrina even. You know, Magazine Street is such a vibrant, changing street. There's new things, new businesses happening all the time and opening and closing and, you know, of course, there's the continuity of, you know, the police station and Casamento's oysters, uh-huh. and, you know, stuff that's been for hundreds of years. So so there's that as well. So I'm really excited about that. Um, Margot Margo Landine, who is uh, she's a photographer in L.A. She has uh, come down probably six times so far to shoot Magazine Street. And she started on the levee at Leak Avenue oh, wow. near the park. And so she's, uh, we're now at uh, Jackson Avenue. So working our way to Canal Street. So, uh, so yeah, it's very exciting. Of course, the D-Day Museum, a lot of people don't realize Magazine Street encompasses so much. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's exciting. We're going into places, and, and John's going to be interviewing um, a number of long, long-time residents, some people that, you know, in their 90s that remember Magazine Street and have been there, you know, the people who own Perlis, that's been a family business for generations. So John himself lived on Magazine since 1974. Oh, so he's seen a lot of the the corridor up and coming. Yeah, himself personally, yeah. I mean, he's, you know, not only on, he's lived either on Magazine or a block off. Wow. So he is really um, perfectly positioned as far as being the, being the author of this book. Yeah. So it's, it's coming along. We're very, very excited about that. We have a number of, children's titles as well that um that we're working on um i have a children's book about hugs that's going to be coming out hopefully have a a book another book by johnette downing Mm. um she we did two board books together we did 10 gators in the bed 
and Bugs on the Rug. <laughs> and those were her first board books she's ever done. She's done a number of picture books, needless to say. Um, but we're looking on doing, uh, we're looking to do another board book together. So that'll be very exciting. Um, so we're, you know, we're working on that. I like to work with the same authors, you know, people that I, you know, develop a relationship with. You know, I want to I want to stick with those folks. Ricky Pittman, who did Rio Grande Valley ABC, he is going to be doing a Cajun ABC book. There we go. So, right. So it's very, very. Uh, so that's <laughs> exciting as well. There's been a number of iterations done in the past, but there hasn't been anything done in over 20 years. Yeah. So this is going to be updated and really relevant. And I think that it's going to introduce a new generation of young, you know, Louisiana folks and, and Cajun kids, you know, increase their knowledge of their culture, their music, their food, their history. And um, I, I think it'll be good for everyone, you know, to, you know, to spread the spread the culture around. No, I think that that's great. Um, Scott, I know one of the things that River Road does is uh, take some out of print books and kind of bring them back into the fold. Can you talk about that process and some of the things that you've done uh, in that in that vein? Sure. Well, of course, you know, there, there are so many great books that, you know, go out of print. Everyone has an experience where they're, you know, they remember a book and they try to find it and it's out of print. And, you know, we've, uh, you know, so we're constantly looking for books that are out of copyright, out of print, that are in the public domain that may need to be, um, you know, brought back. So they're, they're available to, you know, to folks now and future generations as well. So we did a uh, we did an edition of Gumbo Yaya. It was the 70th anniversary edition, and that was that book was written as part of the WPA project. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, people have responded to that. I had a you know a wonderful illustrator, Julie Buckner. She d- redid a she redid a cover for it that was you know inspired by the end papers in the book, and it's you know it came out beautiful. We people really love it. We sell a lot of them. And then also Strange True Stories of Louisiana, that George Washington Cable book that was originally published, I, I think, 1887 or 88. Mm-hmm. So um, so keeping that book in print with, you know, with a new fresh cover is uh, it's important to us as well. It's just it's, it's part of our mission to, uh, you know, to continue to to maintain the culture and and history of New Orleans. Yeah. Bring, bringing that back, which is great. Absolutely. You know, uh, before before I forget, I uh, just gave a little monologue there, but uh, I was wondering where people can find out a little bit more about River Road and also if you have any events coming up. Certainly, of course. Um, you know, riverroadpress.com is the website, and it's it has a lot of information. There's, of course, press releases available for the titles. The titles are available for purchase as well if someone wants to buy a book. And then also, if someone's interested in becoming an author, then there's author submission guidelines. So, you know, you follow those guidelines, you submit your manuscript according to those, and, um, you know, it's it's reviewed, and, and we take it from there. Um, yeah, so it's, it's really good. Uh, as far as events that are going to be coming up, we do have some events that are very exciting. On December 17th and 18th, we're going to be at the Holiday Arts Market in Palmer Park, and that is, um, and that's that wonderful arts market over there on the corner of Carrollton and Claiborne Avenue with all the tents. And Yvonne will be there with Simone. They'll be both um, signing Simone of New Orleans, 
and Yvonne will be signing the little float that could. Also, Fred LeBlanc will be there from Cowboy Mouth, of course, mm-hmm. as we talked about, and he'll be signing Fred the Little Drummer Boy. So it'll be great. We'll have a lot of folks out there, and we'll be, you know, doing that. We also have coming up uh, on December 17th as well from 2 to 4, Barnes & Noble in Metairie, and that's going to, Yvonne will be there as well. And then on the 18th, Barnes & Noble on the West Bank. So, uh, so yeah, we have, uh, we have a number of things coming up and, and more things that are, that are going to be added as well. So, you know, if, if you're interested, you can always go to our website and, and, you know, check out the calendar listings and, you know, it lists, you know, all the, all the books and authors that we have and, you know, what they're up to and where they're going to be. And also if, you know, if, if people are interested in purchasing the book locally, it's, it's available at, you know, all over the city, of course, you know, Flirty Girl Hazelnut, Dirty Coast, Little Miss Muffin, you know, all the independent bookstores as well have it, and Barnes and & Noble, and, you know, in the French Quarter, Historic New Orleans Collection, Friends of the Cabildo, mm-hmm. you know, Basin Street Station, Toulouse Royale. So it's really available everywhere, um, all these books. So so we're very excited about that. You know, merchants have, have you know, really opened up and been excited about these New Orleans titles and, yeah. and are really helping us promote that. Well, I think that that's a great, you know, uh, interspersing it amidst all the the local institutions. Uh, that's a great thing to have. Yeah, definitely. And there's there, you know, these institutions are are so great. And small businesses, you know, I'm a big supporter of of buying local myself. Mm-hmm. And you know, even more so now since I am a you know a local guy. So yeah. I want people to support <laughs> me. There it is. You know. So. I think that that's a very important uh, the, the kind of local aspect that you mentioned there. Um, yeah. Well, our, our time is drawing to a close, but I do have one fun question for you, which I'll, I'll, I'll pause it to Yvonne first to give <laughs> you a little break, Scott. Um, I'm wondering, uh, being the end of the year, the show will air on December 15th. Uh, the best of books list are out, of course. And I'm wondering which both of you are reading and if you have a favorite book from this year. Right uh, right now I'm reading The Earth is Flat, which is a fascinating book. Uh, it's a nonfiction book about how technology is affecting uh, socioeconomic, I don't know if that sounds very exciting to y'all or not. I'm excited about it. But socioeconomic things totally around the world and how it's just changing. um, It's just changing the job markets around the world and the way people do business around the world. Mm -hmm. And um, it's not really my kind of book. I love to read uh, Dave Barry books. Um, My latest one is I'll Mature When I'm Dead. (laughs) Um, I just read a compilation of some of the best uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me uh, conversations, and that's always good, too. And uh, the Amy Poehler book I just finished. Oh, yes, please. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one right there. So I guess I had to go into something a little nonfiction for a while after all that fun. (laughs) (laughs) That's understandable. No, I like that. What about you, Scott? Well, um, I just reread um, Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers. Ah. Um, you know, I enjoyed it, of course. But, I, you know, I don't read as much for pleasure as I used to, unfortunately. <laughs> Being your job. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, that's how it is. But, you know, I read a lot of manuscripts. And, um, you know, so I kind of get my reading in with that. And, and, you know, even, you know, is even part of the uh, editorial process. You know, I read the books and, you know, in, in that, you know, along those lines as well, you know, beyond just the, the initial 
read and, and vetting. So yeah, that's pretty much. Um, you, you, not only do you read and vet, you got to have thoughts on them too. Right, correct. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, input. You know, because you know all that. All the it's really a collaborative effort at River Road Press. It's mm-hmm. not just you know one person or two people. It's authors. It's illustrators. It's editors, and then it's also you know. Um, distributors and customers, you know, weigh in on, on ideas and thoughts. So, you know, we really, we really try to, you know, do a lot of thought. A lot of thought goes into the decision to whether or not to do a book. So. All right. Great. Yeah. Well, um, guys, thank y'all so much for being here. This was a pleasure to have you on. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Yep.